Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Thank you. Appreciate it. Where's my parents? Are David and Stanley? They all oh, Stanley's back there. My parents. Uh, probably 50 or 60 kids now have gone through their home, and the two, two guys with him are David and Stanley. David came when he was four months old, and Stanley came when he was seven, and David's almost nine years old. So I'm a big brother. So I, I have seen the kingdom of God modeled in front of me. Said many years ago, it just came out when I was teaching that if I was ever to choose to serve the devil, and uh, that's a good statement to make because uh, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. No one. No one can serve two masters. That's why I have learned that in observation and, and interacting with people, some of the most um, frustrated people are people who are half-hearted in their uh, commitment to the things of the Lord. And also what I learned, too, you have to make a decision ahead of time, your belief system. If you wait till a challenge or a crisis, you, you could choose incorrectly, but you also have to choose every day. But if I would, you know, so, so Jesus, he says, no one can serve two masters. And then he makes a statement, you will love the one and despise the other. So people actually, if, even if they don't consciously know it, they actually despise the rule of God because it actually keeps them from doing what really their God is. So they, um, you know, not you, the person next to you. For example... What the Apostle John said, I love his statement. He goes, and his commands are not burdensome. I know the Lord told me to do this, but ah, or yeah, I got to go to church tomorrow, but I'd really like to be at the lake. They're actually telling you that the affections of their heart would rather be on that boat than with the people of God. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life, but if you understand something, when Jesus taught about the kingdom and everything in the gospel was around this, he would, he would teach these stories. He would say, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who had a banquet and a feast. And you'll notice that the, um, the, the, the first thing uh, that, the, the, the first things people say, it's not that... Uh, I'm cheating on my wife, or I have lots of sin going on. They're like, no, no, I just got married. Or I had this going on. Or it's going to get even worse here. My kid had a game. Or mom said, we're having the birthday party on Sunday morning. And mom knows you're at church every Sunday morning, but there's a manipulation there to get you to drop the first things of God. I know there's truth and tension here, but you have to realize the choices that you make actually define who your God is. None of those things in and of itself are wrong. I want to encourage you that if you see coming to the gathered community as something you just have to do, I mean, this is just true. This is another observation I had many years ago when I was uh, briefly on this church staff. There were people that had made up their mind of how much they wanted to receive from God. You could tell them that Jesus Christ was going to be the guest speaker on a Sunday night, and they would say, well, we'll see what's going on, brother. But they will come every Sunday because they like their form of godliness, and without even knowing, they serve a God made in their own image. Uh 
But it's just important to know because you'll constantly live frustrated because you're trying to fit God into your idea of him. And he gives you peace. He gives you rest. He gives you joy. But he did not die for you to say stupid. And I just say, you will say stupid if you continue to serve a God made in your own convenience. I wasn't planning on saying all that, but. It's not, it's not, listen, I'm not trying to purposely shame you or guilt you if that's where you're at. I'm just saying. And maybe you've been lied to. Maybe, maybe like, just come to church, you know, just be okay. So everything's fine in your life. Everything's not fine if you think like that. You'd rather find out now than when you stand in front of them because we'll all give account, right? Abner Suarez included. Much stricter too because I'm standing in front of you today. And I always like to think of this. I can never tell him he didn't tell me. Like that's not going to work. That's why every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. The, the reason they will is because all, like, that's why I always, you, you, you have to challenge these narratives often. Well, you know, that's, I just didn't grow up that way. Well, if you didn't know, you switched families and you switched kingdoms. We just grew up Catholic, but you know, we're just not like that. That doesn't register with God. I just wasn't taught that way. It, those things don't register with God. You'll stand before him, and because he's such righteous and true, you'll go, I know I didn't maximize my time on earth. And you'll know. You'll go, forgive me. Because you'll know what was made available to you. And here's what's really important. You don't want to keep saying no. Because the more you say no, the more you will lock yourself into the position of deception. Those who hear the word and never do actually deceive themselves. It's a dangerous thing to hear truth week after week. We all understand sometimes we get a little off the path by the challenges of life or kids or this or that or, or this is going on. But I've learned that what will really kill you is not to do what he said. People are like, I just can't do that. They're so busy, you know. And what they don't know is real life is hidden in obedience to him. And then here, here's another really great thing I have learned over the years. When there's so many things that God has asked you to do or you're engaging in in a certain season, fast, unnecessary things. That's a Brother Hagen statement. He goes, some of you need, I remember hearing him years ago, some of you need to fast, unnecessary things. What does that mean? You don't have to spend 30 minutes checking your social media. You don't have to. Whatever it is, you can fast unnecessary things because here's the fundamental truth of life. What you engage the most time with is what has your greatest affections. Two things. What your time and your money speak for what is really your God. That was my introduction this morning. So, you feel things in the room. But this is, this is just a great time to be alive. So I was uh, 
intending, and I still will, to talk to you about the, the fundamentals this morning, fundamentals of faith. And we just, um, we just concluded the Olympics. I, I didn't get to watch much of it, but the, I, I, I wrestled from the time I was a little, little boy till I graduated college, and so I got to kind of tune in probably one of the best American performances ever. But one of the things that you noticed about Olympic athletes is that they are uh, superior at practicing the fundamentals. And even, uh, I'm, I'm very fascinated too with football and, and the chess of football, the, the offense, defense, and this, this one man, I was asking him one time a few years ago, I was asking him about offenses and defenses, and you know, he said, well, the NFL, this is what he said to me, amazing statement, the NFL, he goes, they have so many coaches, so much video, they have studied all your tendencies by maybe the third week, they know what you're going to do. He goes, really, the teams that are winning and winning consistently, he goes, they have just learned to execute even better. The defense may even know what's what's going to take place, but they have learned the value of execution, and immediately I thought about the fundamentals. So Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, you can read, I, I encourage you as homework to read the whole thing, it's really important. We don't know who the writer of Hebrews, but Hebrews chapter 11 but without faith, it's impossible to please him. 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 For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, faith is a fundamental in your walk with God and in the kingdom of God and to receive what God has for you, even the gift of salvation. And fundamental number one of faith, I call it, is a life of faith or the faith that God wants you to walk in is number one, it's really simple. God wants to be your source of all things. The verse in that is Genesis chapter one. When time began, God created when time began, God. God is the beginning, God is the end. Jesus, we, we read yesterday that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, and so uh, God wants, to, wants you to trust him to receive everything you need. He wants to be the, the, the source of your security. He wants to be the source of your joy. He wants to be the source of your greatest satisfaction. He also, because he knows that you live on the earth, he actually, again, when he's referring to the kingdom of God, he goes, your heavenly father knows you need all these things. But as a good father and as the greatest father, he has already taken care of everything that you need. So how do you begin to receive it? You begin to receive it by faith. Now here's another dimension of the kingdom of God that I just think is absolutely brilliant beyond measure. Everything that God has ever asked you to do, he's given you as a gift. Everything that God has asked you to do, he's given you as a gift. So when you, when you, when you, think in your mind, I can't do that even though God's asked me to do it or it says it in its word and it's not possible to me. What you're saying is the power of God operating on your behalf is not good enough. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And here's another beautiful thing about faith. Faith is a power that God operates in, and, faith, and that same power that God operates in, uh, in, he gives you as a gift to receive all things. You, and you don't want to view faith as something that you kind of lean into when, when, when it's a real challenge. The life of faith is the, the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. It is blessed are the pure in heart, or blessed are the poor in spirit. What is poor in spirit? God, I need you for everything you've called me to do. I remember years ago when the Lord really amplified this, this concept to me. as like it an extended fast, and I, I enjoy eating. Praise the Lord. 
Eating, I believe, in many aspects is an act of worship unto God. Especially good steak. I was just in Brazil. I, I ate way too much red meat, so a lot. But I remember I was thinking that morning, and you know, you're weak, right? 10, 11 days, you just water, and you get up. I go, God, I, really, uh, God, I need you today. I can't get through like, I haven't eaten anything. He goes, you need me every day. Is he trying to tell me? So I've learned the lifestyle of faith that God calls us to begins every morning when I go, Lord, I thank you that I choose to trust you with everything that's going to take place. But I also choose you to even get out of bed this morning. I choose you to put my clothes on. I choose you to get up and go. My friend, we just recorded a program in Brazil. And he's been in Brazil, I think, uh, 18 years, something like that. And uh, he was... He, he, he was a, a really brilliant engineer, doing really well, advancing in his career, and he just feels this call from him and his wife to go to Brazil. They had uh, five kids at the time, and one of their sons was also born in Brazil. And he, he said, I found it so funny when people in my family said, that's a real act of faith. You're going to really live by faith now. What do you live by? Think about it. They thought in their mind he was walking by faith. And these are believers. They didn't realize they're called to walk by faith too. I got real quiet that one, you know. <laughs> well, it is walking by, you know. It's not just those in ministry. It's not just starting a business. It's not just the, everybody's called to walk by faith. In fact, you might have just uh, identified with how low level of living you're living there if you think that's an act of faith. There, your, life, your life should be predicated on trusting God to do things that cannot take place unless he comes through and unless you connect with the God kind of faith to bring it to pass. You are actually, we, we've discussed this in, in great measure. Your life is created to be governed by revelation. Faith in God and revelation in what he's told you about the future, about impossible things. And then there's other things that will come up in your heart that as you walk with him, as a friend of him, something stirs on the inside of you. You might not even have a word. I, I was asking the Lord about something. I said, can I trust you? That He goes, yes, you can start believing me for that. And it's, it's completely beyond my current circumstances. And the only thing that will bring that to pass is faith in God. So faith is a power that God operates in. How do we know that? In Mark, the 11th chapter. We won't touch the story because I had an introduction I wasn't planning on, but... There's a story of Jesus speaking to a tree, and you will notice, here's another fundamental of faith, God always connects with believing by speaking. They're two connected. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, what? You will be saved. It's a fundamental of faith. Why, are what you, why is what you say so important? Because it actually identifies what you really believe. The words give expression to your belief system. So Mark eleven twenty two. So so Peter is amazed. He's amazed that that Jesus speaks two words, and we know he only did what he saw his father doing in heaven. So you'll notice that Jesus, when he walked the earth as the model son, spoke words to objects in the earth, and the words he spoke caused that what he spoke to call things be not as though they were, and they became what he said. And you'll also notice when he speaks to it that he doesn't check to see if it's working. He assumes it will work because God's told him to say it. Isaiah 55, so shall be the, the word that comes out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. Here's another part of, of faith. God believes everything he says. He wants you to believe everything you say. 
because it carries the same power. The earth actually is to be governed by words of God. And so your words, the believers, this is why the enemy fights this thing so strong. The earth cannot become the, the way God intended to be without people speaking correct words. So Peter's amazed at, like, oh my gosh, Jesus, the thing that you said, it became what you said it to become. And so Jesus answered and said, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Best translation of that is have the God kind of faith. A leading Greek scholar is not this charismatic many years ago. He goes, they were afraid to actually make that statement that the best translation of that was have the God kind of faith. Because it seems so, so uh, an extraordinary of a concept. So God has faith. God operates in faith. And that faith that calls things be not as though they are. Where do you see the faith of God in operation? You see it at creation. You'll see it in Genesis 1 where the Holy Spirit there. Notice there, really important. The Holy Spirit is there at the, at the time of creation. But there's not anything that takes place until God speaks. And what is he doing? So you think about how, think about the beauty of God here. You have three distinct persons. One God. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. They are three distinct persons, distinct in operation, but they operate as one God. And they, and, and, and uh, 1 Samuel 2 describes God as having a mind. So the mind of God goes, I'm going to create the world. And I'm going to use it, through, use it by releasing words. Now, here's where it even gets better. Those words are actually God himself. Got a confused look. Let's look at that. Look at John 1. In the beginning, or when, how many know there's no beginning and end in God? So better translation is when time began was the word of God. The word was with God. <laughs> and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Okay, this is so awesome. Like if you don't like Genesis 1, like get born again today, please. All things were made through him. How were they made through him? Through the word of God. Why is Jesus is the image of the invisible God? He is the word of God in action. And then he, this is fascinating stuff. He comes to a world, lives like a man, chooses to live like a man, and chooses to live under the authority of the rules he created for the world he governs. You want to talk about humility. And some of you can't forgive your uncle. But you'll also see how much power he invests in his word. That he is so invested in the integrity of his word, he can't violate and just go, well, I'm God, I'm just going to do it. He's got to live under the limitations or else he changes. He, 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 he is a God who goes back on his word. And Numbers 23 says, I am not a man that I should lie. Romans 4, Paul would describe this action. Now, he's speaking the application there is to Abraham, but it gives us the principle in God that God's faith calls things be not as though they are. So when the Trinity decides something, it's, it's, it's not a theory. As soon as they release those words, they've already seen what those words would create. And when they release those words, it becomes exactly what God created, intended to become. And we understand this scientifically. That's real science. The world is still expanding. Because he never stopped creating through those words. So he gives us that power and he gives it to you as a gift to even come into the kingdom of God. Now, this is also really important. When God chooses to operate in faith, it is not a theory. This is also really important. Faith in God is not blind. There's no such thing as blind faith. Because when God has something and has promised to you something in his word, it is not blind. What's blind is choosing to do it your own way. That's some stupid stuff. 
You got you to switch the dimensions there. If you're like, I'm really stepping out in faith. No, you're stepping out in something that is true and always works. And it, it takes a bold person to walk by faith when you've never done it before. But you got to know it is a guarantee from God. So he gives you that power to operate in the God kind of faith. That faith that calls things be not as though they are. And he gives it to you as a gift. That's the fundamental faith. So, and it's not something you can earn. Thank God for that. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. And, so, and you, need to, you can't even get into the kingdom of God without faith. So he gives you faith as a gift. Good God. That's a good God who gives you the same power that he operates in to rule and govern this life by trust in him. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more. This is Romans, the 12th chapter. More, think of it. And Paul, the apostolic emphasis is always to, hey, recognize this is not something you earn. Not to think of himself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly, soberly, as God, I love this, has dealt to, every, to each one a measure of faith. A measure of the God kind of faith is given to you to get born again. Ephesians 2, for by grace, you can't even receive grace except through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you come into the kingdom of God by faith, and this is also very important in our culture. Faith is not even believing that something is true. Faith is not, biblical faith is not believing something is true. Faith is resting your life on believing that's true. There's a lot of people, because this is, this is really important, in our culture where, where, where people are creating their own realities. Well, I, I, there are people today who will stand up and say, yeah, I believe Jesus was a prophet. I even believe he died on a cross. I think that's true. I think he did miracles but they have not put their faith and their trust in God. The greatest thing I've learned is you have to make a quality decision to live by faith. What is a quality decision? You state your entire life on a truth that God has said about himself. I have stated, and I know many people in this room have, the, the, my entire life is now defined by my faith in God, that God cannot fail me. Abner can miss it, but God can never miss it. My whole life is based on that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's brought a kingdom to earth. That kingdom is advancing, and he has resources on the earth. And in my faith in him and my assignment in him, I can choose to shift and change my world through the God kind of faith on the inside of me. And it's so big, it's so big, it's so big that when people will look at my life, they'll go, he's a nice little man, but there is a God. That's why he says the manifold wisdom of God might be expressed. What is manifold? Through your assignment, through your calling, through your business, through, the, through everything you put on. Because everything is an act of worship unto God. It so looks like God. People go, that's different. There's got to be something different about that person. And it's so completely impossible. That's why we've said it this weekend. There is no such thing as mediocre in the kingdom of God. That's an American concept. Thank God that there is such a, a, a thing as a middle class. But you, anyway, we'll get into all that. But half-hearted is not a part of the kingdom of God. So he's giving you that God kind of faith. He's giving it to you as a gift. Now here, here is the really, here's another, another fundamental uh, part of faith. Part of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ is that you have been given a measure of that kind of the God kind of faith, and He expects that faith to be developed. Do you know I have the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger? 
Absolutely do. See, you're laughing, but it's absolutely true. What I just, the statement I just made to you. Arnold has biceps. Abner has biceps. <laughs> Arnold has legs. Abner has legs. What is the difference? Let me, let me get a, 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 better, a better example of that. There's a big wrestler. He's like huge. His name is Brian Cage. He's also a bodybuilder. I got the same body as him. Look him up. He's huge. His chest is like bigger than my face. My point in saying that is the difference between me and Brian Cage is he spends time every day developing his body in a way I have not chosen to. So this is also really important because it's not always taught but often in the consciousness of people, we say, well, they, they, they really need faith for their journey in God. So, you know, they're, they're, they, you know they're de- they've developed that. And there are things that I'm, I need to believe God for that you might not need to believe God for. Distinct to your assignment, distinct to your purpose. But there are things that everyone Everyone, and you'll notice when Jesus walked the earth, he would say, big faith, small faith. He had no problem judging where their faith was at. I, I, I just, when I, when I began to learn this years ago, I just said, I cannot have mountain-moving faith on the inside of me and never try and develop it. So how do you begin to develop the God kind of measure of faith that he's given you? Glad you asked me. Here's another fundamental. You must have a fellowship with God. You must have it because the, 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 the trusting God is directly co- connected to knowing his nature. You won't trust a God you don't know. Faith is always connected to knowing the attributes of God. He is kind. He's loving. He's always adjusting. And out of a place of fellowship, we hear his voice, that those words, those words will begin to give you promises. There are things the Lord told me many years ago, I've started walking. There are still things he's told me that I still haven't walked in, but I, have, uh, I, I begin to trust God. And then he teaches, and then, and then the essential, he talked about it, this is another essential of the, the, the faith, is, is that you, you want to stay connected to a community. You know, maybe you're, you're, you're walking through something one week, and the you know every to me every every leader if they're functioning properly you're always going to hear a prophetic message on a Sunday morning because you're like man I was walking through this and boom Pastor Tom he just you know it was like he's preaching my life today so in the context of that there's got to be a high a high honor for the word of God. High honor for the Word of God. I'm so shocked at how people, how casually people treat the Word of God. And so Paul tells us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And sometimes you'll hear something. I remember one time years ago, I heard Benny Hinn say it, you know. It is the will of God for everybody to be healed. My mind had trouble wrapping itself around that years ago. I said, why? Because I know people who don't get healed. So I have a, now, I have a, now I have to do some investigating. What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? Because you make another commitment when you walk by faith. This Word is the standard. He doesn't change it. God has never asked me what I thought about Genesis 1. There are people that, you know, they, they want, we'd, like to talk, we'd like to sit and talk with you what you think about this subject. It doesn't matter. You're closed-minded. Yes, I am. Absolutely, I am. I'm guilty as charged. It's true, because you will open up yourself to deception the moment you entertain something God has made very clear. Really, that's how the Lord taught me. 
Because I'm, I'm always trying to learn. And, you know, this person thinks this about this. And, and we can have this little disagreements, like, well, what, baptism and communion, different things, how we think about this, the coming of Christ. Those, those, are, those are things that sometimes believers can disagree with who love the Word of God. Now there's other things. God, He don't play. People are like, we like to sit with you and just discuss what God thinks about homosexuality. He's already said it. Just read the word. He's so clear about that one. Are you open to change? No. I'm not open to anything beyond the word of God. That's okay. You can call me closed-minded. That's fine. I'm very guilty as charged when it comes to that. And I'm okay with that. Malachi 4, I'm God and I don't change. But that faith comes. I said it last night. You, sometimes, so I had to hear it. I had to begin to read those scriptures. And my, you know, your, your experience and your mind will do war against what you know is true. That's why the devil comes to church more than most believers. It's true. He doesn't mind if you hear the word. He minds if you hear it and go, yes, I received that. But he's right there trying to steal it from you. He's a religious spirit. I'm telling you, he's at church every time the doors are open. He wins half the battle. Most people, oh, you're tired, don't go. So now they, get, they don't get any word. They don't get the word they needed that day. But faith comes by hearing. And faith is like this. When you, it, it could be any area of your life. And, and, and here's the, well, let, me, let me camp out here for a moment. You want to start getting those scriptures. And then as I began to read it and hear, hear that word out of other people. I call it the little droplets. You have a little cup, you put it in a sink. That cup doesn't overflow the first day. But you leave it there overnight, the next night. Eventually, it overflows. And it begins to define your belief system. And then you hear something that you used to hear, that you say, oh, maybe that, no, no. Then you go, no, this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says. And then there's application of that truth. But also, here's what I want to encourage you to. If the Lord is developing an area of your life, don't change the subject. If you've noticed, I've been studying the subject of faith for a real long time right now, and I still don't know a whole lot. But my point in that is, Sometimes, it, and here, here's another really fundamental thing. Have a vision for your spiritual development. Have a vision for your spiritual development. I'm amazed that people have plans for this, that, you know, retirement, and that's all good. But many people do not have a vision for their own spiritual development. So right now, just personally, I could tell you for me, probably for at least the last three and a half years. Now, I read other stuff. Every day, book of Daniel. Keep reading it, and reading it, and reading it. The Lord said, I want you to read this book. He hasn't changed his mind, so keep reading that book. And I've been stuck, this for, for like eight days, I was stuck in Daniel 6. You know what I was getting out of it? God, the only thing they had against him was that he loved you. Please make my life like that. That the greatest accusation they can make again. Because it just so stirred me. The only thing we could get him against is that he prays too much. <laughs> We've checked his iPhone because we're at the NSA. And we're like the American government. We lie, but we're spying on everyone. <laughs> People like vaccine passports, they've been following you for years. They just didn't tell you. So don't change that subject. Let it fill your heart. Just keep developing it. 
Keep letting it sit. And you'll find that when God is developing a subject on the inside of you, that you will see, you'll begin to see even other things in Scripture and the nature of God through the lens that He's teaching you through. Obviously, I see faith in almost everything in Scripture now. Because it's a subject that the Lord is teaching me on. So even when I'm reading the Old, I say, oh, that looks like faith there. But develop that. Meditate on it. And then begin to say it. Your confession of the Word of God helps you take possession. Your confession helps you take possession. Mark eleven twenty two. Let's go back there. So Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, that's a really important part right there. For surely I say to you, whoever says, notice the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are nowhere in those verses. It's the words of God that must come out of your mouth. So your confession of the word will begin to create the world that you live in. That's why he says, everyone will be judged by the words they speak. Whoever says to the mountain, and I believe that's part of uh, a posture of prayer. I don't ask, uh, often I don't ask God to do something. I simply just agree with his word to do it. But then I also lean into him for key words that we give. Lord, give me a scripture. Give me, a, give, me a, a, give me some understanding. Give me some revelation on how to pray into what I'm believing you for. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Notice, he doesn't say anything about doubt in your head. Every person, even every great person of faith, you'll have those thoughts. It's not, wow, God. I've been reading, rereading a book. This Lord told me years ago, and just because of what's going on in my life right now, I've gone back to it this year, reading Oral Roberts' books. And he would tell, he, he, he talks about, what a, what a, what a man of faith. They told, they told him he was crazy. There's nothing in Tulsa when he built ORU. Millions and millions and millions of dollars needed to build that university. And he would say, you know, all these thoughts would flood my head. He said, God, how am I going to build a university? I don't have anything. He goes, build it. Like I created the world with words. So he had these thoughts. It's just what you do with those thoughts. So that's important. Don't think you're an unbelief because you have thoughts. It might not work or the enemy comes. He, because he loves to challenge that word. He loves to challenge that word. That's where he gets most people from moving forward in the purposes of God. He simply challenges the word and they go, ah, you're right. The whole story of David and Goliath is Goliath intimidating people and it caused them to be inoperative even though they had the victory in God. But believes, but believes, but believes those things he says, but believes those things he has. Now this is a key line. He will, he, those things he says will be done. He will have, he will have, he will have, he will have whatever he says. Notice that biblical principle. You have what you say whether you believe it's true or not. Let me say that again. You will have what you say whether you believe it or not. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you have them. Now that's a key place right there. How can you believe that you received them if you don't see it right away? Because you said it. I think I've worn some of you out this morning. You got tired with that. How can you believe that you received that you've had it because you've said it? Why? The confession brings a possession.
How long has it been now? Where's my water? I think it's on the front row. How long has it been now since Kobe Bryant died? About a year and a half? I saw something very fascinating. You can, I think it's still on YouTube. I haven't checked in a while. But there was an interview with Tracy McGrady a few days after Kobe died. It's tragic. I I was there the night he got drafted. I don't watch basketball too much. But anyway, I thought he was a phenomenal player. 20-something years in the NBA. But Tracy McGrady, they were friends in high school, and the, the ESPN interviewers interviewing, he said, well, tell me about, you know, your relationship with Kobe. And he said, he said, well, when Kobe, I think he said was a junior or senior in high school, he said these things. He said, I want to be a legend in basketball. I want to be remembered forever. Then he said, I want to die young. I don't know where he was at with the Lord. But if he did not repent of those words, he had what he said. You have what you say, whether you consciously know it or not. Those words will go in the atmosphere. Angels move according to the word of God, not according to what you think. Demons move at the confession of your lips. Here's a final place we'll land, well actually two things, we'll land the plane here. One of the beauties of faith, that's why you want to keep building and building and building, and when you think you've built some, you realize how little you've built. <laughs> you really don't. You know, like, like, I'm doing good. And then he's like, let's do this. And we'll, ooh, ooh, ooh. let's get into the Word of God more, you know. <laughs> but God is incredibly practical. Start where you're at today. Maybe you're in this room, and I don't even say this because I've been there. You're not even quite sure if you'll have enough gas for the week. Start talking to your gas tank. Lord, thank you. You'll never run dry because my God supplies all of my needs. Now, now watch this. So as you're walking in relationship with him, you go, my God shall supply all of my needs. And I go, you got 30 bucks in your pocket. Why don't you give it to that person next to you? And you go, the devil is a liar. Because he just gave you insight on how that tank is going to be filled, and it makes no sense to your intellect. I don't like saying this, but my mom is here, and she was with me on that Sunday. I remember I had a certain amount of bills due. It was like due on a Tuesday. And I got this offering that was more love than offering. I was going to another church and God goes, give everything in that offering. You know, honestly, it wasn't that much of a stretch of faith because it didn't cover my bill, so I might as well use it as a seed. And God came through. That's also walking by faith. Here's a really big part of walking by faith. When you learn how to trust God for your own life, He wants to make you a resource house for other people. That's the beauty of walking by faith. So learn, just wherever you're at. I want to encourage you to never tell your kids you can't afford something. Help give them faith projects. Oh, you like to do that? Well, let's, let's talk to God about that. Has a certain store the other day. He said, well, I'm going to have to charge you tax if you put that on the card. I said, I'm dependently wealthy. Oh, really? Yes. Very dependently wealthy. Got a little... <laughs> 
Don't always look for the cheapest thing. Thank you for the one. You got got these. Praise the Lord. He's almost done. (laughs) He only comes once a year. You know. Here's here's a final thought that's really important about the fundamentals of faith and why it's so important to walk by faith. It is only through faith that you understand God. It is only through faith that you understand God and the provision He's made available for you in the earth. It is only through faith that you understand God and the provision He's made for you on the earth. Your lens will always be distorted when you choose not to walk by faith. And notice, too, the powerful choice he gives. He does, it, he does it several times to the nation of Israel, and obviously it's applicable today. He doesn't say, I have a certain group of people. I mean, they're all children of God, but I got these really special people. He says, I've set before you blessing and cursing. I want to say it again. God does not curse anyone, but this world system is cursed. So when you choose to make your own understanding, the world philosophy, your own way of doing things, the, the, world, the Babylonian system is simply this, is man's way of trying to make it in this world without God. It's already a cursed system. So that thing is cursed. That thing will never work. But he says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But I love how he says, choose life this day because I really like to give you real life. But you can choose. God is like the greatest father. He'll go, hey, I got, it's not always easy. It doesn't always make sense to your mind. But it's a whole lot better than trying to do it on your own. It's like when, you know, you leave your kids at school. You go, I've taught you. Now you can make your choice. He goes, now this whole thing is cursed over here. You can do it your way. But it's like building a house that has a big hole in the foundation. And that house can get big. It can look nice on the outside. He talks about it in Matthew 7. He does. And he'll, he'll let you masquerade it with a religious spirit all the time. Praise the Lord, brother. I love the Lord. And then when that storm comes, he will expose how that house has been built. It's not because he's mean. It's just he cannot back something he's not building. And catch this, though. Many people are offended at God in that place. I don't mean this to be mean either. Not to say my parents were perfect, but I've had to pray with people. Like, hey, can you pray for us? You know, our kid's not doing so well. I don't enjoy these moments. (laughs) Some people think I'm like messed up in the head, but I'm not. I try and help people. I'd rather tell people the truth. So I'll back up and often ask the Lord. Not all the time. I've had the Lord tell me, they need to repent because they didn't raise their things in the things of God. But they want their kids to serve a God that didn't teach them to serve. Well, we raise our kids. And, no, you didn't. You came every three weeks. And when it was convenient for you, or you didn't have anything going on, you brought them around every now and then to the things of God. So you modeled what you really believed. And now you want them to serve a God that you really didn't believe in. I'm not doing it to put shame on people. I'm just saying we have to recognize our responsibility for what has caused certain things to happen. Got quiet with that one. No, this is important, especially with charismatics, because a lot of times they want magician God. Things are bad, so let's pray about it. it. We'll always pray about it. We'll always seek the Lord. He never turns anyone away. But in that process, we have to take responsibility for the 
death and life we've chosen. Because then we're sitting there going, God, I want you to do it my way, but nothing's changing about us. And the truth is, many people want their children to have the American dream and not God's purpose for their life. I guess you came for the word today. <laughs> here's, here's the final one. I was just saying it. Hebrews 11. But without faith. Uh, let's, say, let me, uh, let's start in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith gives you evidence for what you do not see. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. I love what he says to Thomas. He goes, blessed are those who never see but believe. And then here it is. This is really important. Notice how the writer writes it. By faith, we understand. Faith causes you to understand God. It doesn't, it's not we understand and have faith. Faith is what causes you to understand. I didn't understand everything about being born again, but once I received it, I began to experience and began to understand what that meant. The fundamentals of a life of faith. Do you receive this word today? Any place, I want to take a moment, I know I've I'm in overtime. But it's still only about 1210, and you'll beat all the evangelicals to the restaurant today. <laughs> if there's just any area that the Lord identified to you that you need shifting and changing, maybe it's everyone in this room, maybe it's not. I'm just going to count to three, and we're just going to stand here. and just, just any place, and there's the beautiful thing about God. He doesn't point things out to shame or to guilt you. He points it out because he wants you to become everything he saw before the world began. And God, think about this. He's not angry up there. He's going, yeah, yeah, let me get him. Let me, let me help him out. Let me adjust him so they can get this right. So just keep on tracking on. I want to see them in more fullness. So one, two, three. Any area that you need adjustment, let's all just stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands. Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're here to speak. So teach us your ways. And Lord, I just trust you now to minister to your people. Minister to your people. Teach us your ways. Show us your ways. Thank you, Father. By faith, we understand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just, let's just make this declaration to the Lord. I think he just, I'm not going to extend this too long, but just say, Lord, speak for your servant hears and is listening. Just let the Lord speak to you. God. Thank you, God. Now, if you would just repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, any place in my mindset that's out of alignment, please forgive me. 
thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I repent. Teach me how to think like you. With your help, I put your word first. With your help, God, I can't do it without you. I ask to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Strengthen me today. Teach me your ways. In Jesus' name. Sit down real quickly. I just have two things to do. Uh, right here, this gentleman in the first row here, I was standing next to you during worship. Yeah, yeah. And the Lord told me to tell you, your greatest season of fruitfulness is still ahead. And I see, um, I see the hand of the Lord just on your chest, and he's just releasing the fire of God. Any area of your body that's out of fire, in Jesus' name. And Jesus touches your ears to hear and your eyes to see him. And there's a door opening in front of you into the goodness and to the kindness of God. And there's also this angel of the Lord just lifting off any things from your past that have tried to uh, uh, stop forward momentum. And now I see Jesus just unlocking your feet to walk forward. So I bless you with that in Jesus' name. And also... Uh, Neil, I just had this, uh, this impression for you. I saw like uh, the tent coming out of heaven. And Moses created a, a, a pattern of what already existed in heaven. And there is a release of things that God has reserved for such a time as this through that tent being on the grounds. It will be a heavenly tent. It will be a place of much angelic activity. It will be a place of Bethel. And the Lord says you're like a watchman in this season for the timing and the purposes of the Lord. But it is very significant that that tent is on this land because it is a physical sign of heaven coming to earth in this region as never before. And the Lord says, the Lord says that he is very, very pleased that you've chosen to obey him in doing this. And the Lord says, go, go run with the instructions that he's given you. And this will be the greatest fruit for that tent in this season that you've seen. Final thing. I have not talked much about this, but I think it's really important to let you know. God, my, I taught some out of this <laughs> today. I had a nice video to play for. It was really nice. Is that, but, the, one, is that the one minute video on partnering? Yeah. Let's show it. Okay. All right. Thank we, you. Thank you. I'm I would encourage you to, you know, let me just say something here. I want to honor my, my friend. This is, I think, the seventh year. I think so. He filleted us good today in the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, there's a word in there for all of us, but I just believe the Lord's taking us deeper. So he comes back, and I, I want to show this. If you want to partner with him, I'd encourage you to partner with him. This is good seed. The Lord's increasing his, I'm getting electric right now. Uh, so this is a yes and amen from the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's going all over the world, and that's increasing. And so uh, I just want to bless what he's doing. So let's go ahead and show this. Thank you. So thank the Lord for what he's doing. Abner will be back.
for the tent. He's actually going to be speaking in the tent, one of our speakers. So, yeah. yeah. Praise God. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you. Let's stand. Will you be? I want to invite the ministry team coming up front here. If you have any particular prayer time needs, don't forget tomorrow night, uh, Kingdom Men and Women at 7. Then uh, Wednesday night, we'll be uh, preparing for rain. So, God, God bless us all. Hallelujah. Whew. Jesus. It's been a wonderful weekend. Lord, we thank you this evening, this morning. Lord, I ask you to bless every family, those that have been listening by live stream. Lord, we invite your presence. One of the things I heard when, when we're asked to listen is, he's taken us deeper. But it does have a choice. But that Ezekiel 47, the global river, the river of God, he's inviting you to go deeper. Someone brought me a picture last night, or maybe it was day, yeah, yesterday afternoon, about the river. When I mentioned it's when you get out in the river and it tells you by invitation to come out past your ankles, Ezekiel 4, then past your knees, past your waist. The ones who will get in the river up to their neck, the current tells you where it's going. That's him. And that's what the message this morning was, is to send your, put your life on him. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We want to go deeper with you, Lord. Help us to get over ourselves. Put aside the stuff that has no eternal value. Speak that to us. Speak that to me in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Thank you for being here.